truly at Dogcast Radio. If you like dogs, wherever you are in the world, we're the show for you. Hello and welcome to episode 219 of Dogcast Radio. Today, we're thinking about dog behaviour in lockdown and beyond. Later, I'll be talking it all over with Debbie Connolly. Unfortunately, in these odd times, none of us were prepared for what effect it might have on our pets. Mm. And as lovely as it is for your dog to see you every day, I think some of them are getting a bit fed up with you. (laughs) You say the nicest things. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll have the Dogcast Radio News. The RSPCA has had a 600% increase in traffic to its dog fostering pages and a rise of 30% in its finder pet pages. Lockdown has been tough for some dogs, while it's brought welcome company to others. Interestingly, in our house, there is almost always someone at home, and if we all go out, chances are mischief is with us. So I wouldn't have said it's disrupted her schedule that much, yet she has become more reactive to the doorbell, as you'll hear in this first interview. So why is that? There have been many reports of dog and other pets' behaviour altering during lockdown. And to discuss this further, and some of the reasons behind it, I'm going to talk to dog trainer and author Melissa McHugh-McGrath. I interviewed Melissa back in episode 161, when her then-toddler provided the first, and I think only so far, incidents of live music on the show. Since this time, we were both in lockdown when we spoke, and the world has become quite a strange place. First of all, I asked how she was. We are doing okay. Um, So we're here in Boston in America, and it's um, we were talking before you started recording about how it's the feeling of just the world gone mad is it's very palpable here too yeah yeah oh it's just it's very strange I mean I'm, when I do the podcast now I'm thinking well I'm, I'm recording this for people who are in in this situation now but I always have an eye to the future and I talked in the last podcast um that just went out about flying cars I'm not going to go down that route again because future always starts me about <laughs> flying cars and those hovering flying hoverboards I'm not going to do that I promise I'll try not to do that today <laughs> But, you know, it's it's there. It's there. I'm thinking about it, but I won't try and I'll try not to say it. I know uh, it's there. <laughs> yeah. So if people are listening to this in the future, um, you may be viewing this as a historical text, uh, you know, historical text. Oh, can't speak. Historical text in some way. You're learning about your ancestors in the past who went through lockdown, whatever. But if you're going through it now, hopefully this is going to help you. We're going to talk about our own dogs and dogs in general going through lockdown. So I'm t- I always have that duality. But basically... We're here to talk about dogs going through lockdown and they're all having their different issues. But before we get to lockdown, Melissa, will you tell us about your dog's name, please? Captain. (laughs) But but Captain, but there's more, isn't it? There's a little bit more to his name. So the last time I was on the show, I was talking about this book I had written and and trying to get a dog that was appropriate for a city. And at the time, we we had just started our search for a new dog. And my daughter at the time was three years old. And she's seven now, so it's been quite some time. Yeah. Um, but my husband and I, we feel very strongly that children should name the pet. And so before we brought Captain home that morning, she was like, I think, you know, I really want to name him Soap. And we were like, <laughs> oh, God, I, I I can't go to my dog training club, this prestigious <laughs> obedience club with with a dog named Soap. <laughs> And then she was like kind of thinking and she's like a little kid. So she's laying in her bed and she's looking up at the ceiling fan and she goes, well, his full name could be soap fan. And we're like, nope, nope, let's try again. And I'm like, well, how about like, I really like the name inspector. 
or hound because he was like this freckled pointer kind of mix. And I was like, well, what about Inspector Hound? Do we call him Spec? And she kind of looked at me like I was on Mars. Like, why? (laughs) Why would you do such a stupid? This soap is a respectable name. (laughs) So she patters off and she comes back a few minutes later and she snuggles in and she goes, Mom, I know what I want to name our dog. I'm like, what is it, kiddo? And she's like, Captain Love. Mm. And I couldn't. I I just had this vision of going to a dog park, (laughs) yelling, Captain Love, come. (laughs) I couldn't do it. And and I looked at her and I'm like, kiddo, I I can't. She just very sweetly looked up and is like, but mama, his nickname is Captain because his real name is Love because I love him. Mm. And I'm like, okay, his name is Captain Love. And it is like his name is Captain Love and he's lived up to it for the last four years. And she corrects me. Like if I introduce him as Captain, she goes, no, his name is Captain Love. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but I mean, that's lovely. I mean, they, they do love each other. It's been lovely to see you know, them, them uh, growing up with him and they do get so much from each other, don't they? They do. Like she goes out to the hammock, he patters on behind her and lays underneath it. And like everywhere she goes, he's her shadow. Like they yeah. are peas in a pod. I go to bed to read her a bedtime story and he just like kind of stands at the end of her bed and then waits for us to like lift up the blanket so he can jump in with her and then yeah. they go to sleep and then in the middle of the night he usually hates getting kicked and then he joins me and my husband but <laughs> but he goes to bed with her every night like he keeps the monsters away he protects yeah. her and you know she learned to read because like she would read to him because she felt oh. safe reading to him so like they're they have a very special and enviable child dog relationship that yeah. I think every parent would love to see and every kid would love to have yeah. like it, we got so dang lucky with this dog <laughs> who was almost named soap <laughs> oh he he guess he got lucky on two accounts one he wasn't called soap <laughs> and two he got you so <laughs> yeah bless him, bless him so because he's a pointer mix or point across does because i i recently wrote about pointers and i absolutely fell in love with them um but you know they need to run and run and run and run and I know it's not the dog for me I love them they're just what I like they're an athletic looking short-haired breed I'm not athletic or short-haired but I do like (laughs) I do like pointers (laughs) that's the kind of breed I go for it's strange but I I know I couldn't have one because I I couldn't possibly meet their exercise needs but what's he like I'm just you know really interested he's a funny guy like so when people ask so again I I mentioned I I belong to an obedience club and I'm one of the training directors over there. So like Hmm. we see dogs, like mixed breed dogs come through, but we also have a rather substantial block of people who, who are very much into their breed and they bring it to our obedience club. Some of them do confirmation as well. So there we have any imaginable breed, but the women who came in primarily women with their, uh, their German short hair pointers, um, they would be like, wow, we saw Captain's picture. We're confident he's part pointer. This is great. And then I brought him in and I sat him. <laughs> I sat him next to the pointers who are so athletic and regal and just they they have their very pointer 
kind of adorable sniff, stiffness almost in yes. the way that they sit. They're very serious sometimes. Um, and then you pan the camera and then there's Captain who's half their height. He looked like the short fat kid in the class with his like little tongue <laughs> lolling out and like the crazy eyes just like, hey, me too. Like he just, once you sat him next to real pointers, all that went out the window. It was like, oh, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> um, so when people ask, we it's probably more likely that he's half beagle um, right. than our pointer. So our, our running theories are he's beagle pit bull type dog hmm. um, or a beagle pointer, maybe pit pointer. Yeah. Um, who knows? Like and and honestly, we just genuinely don't care because <laughs> like he loves our kid yeah. and he loves us and and if we ever did find out that he was. Uh, part bully breed like that could like reflect poorly on like our home ins owner's insurance so like that could have some fallout so we don't really care to ever find out what he is yes. <laughs> yes. Um, because we just know that he's perfect and for us um, he would absolutely drive people who are looking for <laughs> for absolute precision he would drive them bonkers. Like he has a sense of joy and, and humor in everything he does. And we laugh every single day yeah. um, with this dog. Like as part of this COVID thing, I've been taking videos for my students and hmm. putting them up and captain is the only dog here. So he's <laughs> going through it. Um, occasionally you get a cat asterisk in the middle of the camera, <laughs> but generally speaking, it's the dog and, and in every single video, like he'll do something, like I'll ask him to do something and he'll do either something else or he'll mess up or I'll, me or he'll highlight where I've messed up is usually where uh, things go, <laughs> go bonkers. Um, but he, he makes us laugh all the time in a way that no other dog we've ever had has ever done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bless him. Bless him. And I mean, what you want, I always think, really, really, what you want at the heart of things is a dog that knows how to live in the real world because yes. that's where they live, you know, and, right. and that, that's what you've got. And I mean, he he does, he sounds so much like Buddy to me because, you know, Buddy would, he had that side to him where he would pull it out of the bag and we and I did a little bit of um, obedience and with him. <laughs> I mean, mainly to write about and, and mainly to be the comic relief, really, but... Um, Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. But it was fun and we had you know, we made memories definitely and, and he would pull it out of the bag sometimes for you and you go, Wow, you are amazing. But his passion was just meeting people. He he liked other dogs, but he really liked people. He loved people. And he oh, sort of well. paid the tax and meet the other dogs, but he, he wanted the people. And that was his passion and he got to do things that indulged that. You know, but it it taught me a lot of things because um I always thought when 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 we were involved in, in the training the dogs who excelled sometimes were a little bit not in, I don't mean this derogatory derogatorily whatever that word is in a bad way <laughs> I've got lockdown brain derogatory do you know what I mean you know what I mean in a derogatory way haha -ha. yes there you go that, yeah I love loopholes <laughs> but um, but sometimes the dogs who excelled at the training to me were a little bit sharper and. Mm -hmm. And I would, I always thought, you know, I, I wouldn't like to live with you, actually. No, they, their owners adored them. They adored their owners, you know, and Buddy oh, would have yes. driven their owners mad. And 
but that's the joy of dogs, isn't it? There's a dog out there that will will make you happy, that you will make happy, and that you'll live together in harmony. And that's the joy, isn't it? Right. Like our our former dog Sadie was a border collie, and like, and I loved every single minute of her. She was a hard dog, but she was constantly on, and she took everything so seriously. And we had a great partnership. But like living, especially like my husband and I were just talking about this. If she was stuck in this lockdown with us she would have gone mental. Mm. Like she would not have been able to cope. Like we live, she was noise sensitive. We live like within 200 feet of two highways. Mm. Um, Our neighbors upstairs are always home. So she would never get a break. Um, And this is something that a lot of my clients are noticing um, that there are so many more people home and the dog isn't getting a break that you're seeing more barking and more reactivity Mm -hmm. and more, uh, the dog is cooped up. There's no schedule anymore. So <laughs> schedule, what day is it? Like, yeah. they don't, yeah. um, schedule, what schedule? Um, so they, for many dogs, um, who depend on that schedule, um, they are really having a hard time. And there was a study out of, uh, Tufts university just a week or so ago hmm. that was, uh, that indicated that dogs are more stressed now. Like we, at the beginning, people were thinking, Oh, this is great. This is the dog's that, you know, dogs are living their best life. This is yeah. wonderful. Um, but you got to think that we're wearing these in my city. We're mandated to wear masks when we go outside. Mm. And the joke is like the dogs are looking at us like, oh, who'd you bite? Like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You're in trouble. Like, what'd you do? <laughs> um, but in, in all seriousness, like the the older dogs or dogs who are maybe less flexible in in their ability to to adjust to new things so quickly um, we just one day are all wearing masks and that's terrifying to yeah. a lot of these dogs. Yeah. Um, but luckily the puppies, um, if you're doing puppy classes in, in a way that's safe, um, my friend Donna is running, um, puppy class, puppy day school. So she goes out in her PPE with her gloves and she has her own leash that she sanitizes and puts the dog, the puppy on, takes the puppy out of the owner's car uh, brings the puppy into the building, the puppies all do day school, and then she washes them down, brings them out to the car. So she's mm. hustling and doing all of this extra stuff so these puppies can still be socialized to yeah, other dogs and still get some training. Um, and this is like how she's been able to pivot as a professional. But um, but she, her comment was that these puppies are just like, face mask? What face mask? I don't care. Like yeah. So they're being socialized to all of this extra stuff in a way that I don't think we really thought of before. Um, And I think, you know, especially if you have a dog who's going to be working as either a guide dog, or if you have aspirations of ever having a therapy dog Mm -hmm. working in hospitals and things like that, this is something that we consider can consider going forward Mm -hmm. with our socialization protocols as trainers. Um, And, and as people who are maybe listening, who are like, Oh, I would love to have a therapy dog one day. Um, first don't start with a pointer, (laughs) (laughs) um, get, getting a a nice calm dog that can maybe go into these, um, hospitals, um, and socialize them to wearing face masks Mm. and having medical equipment and not being able to smell your hands, smell it like dog socialization isn't just visual. It's what deodorant is somebody wearing, right? So the, the smell of the latex gloves, the smell of, the or the crinkling of the hair net or mask, uh, the you know the paper thing on the head. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, we're all going insane. Um, <laughs> words, um, but you know what I mean, like that paper yes. thing on the yeah. on the hair. Yeah. Those are things that people should also be considering to 
slowly socialize a puppy to because when they're small, they can handle it. Yeah. Generally, not always, but yeah, you know, if we're doing it right, they can. Yeah. Um, as opposed to waiting until the dog is two, three, four years old, and then you're like, all right. Sparky, let's go to a hospital. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. All hell breaks loose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, one of the things that um, occurs to me about this lockdown is it's been such a massive and quick change for us. Yes. And so, you know, because dog, dogs are adaptable. They will adapt incredibly well. They, they'll accept a lot of change and, and, you know, things like that and put up with a lot for us. But what, what we've had to go through recently, what they've, they've had to go through recently is, is sudden change, isn't it? Yes. So sudden. And it's, um, and some are doing better than others. Um, and, and I think you were mentioning before you had hit record that like your dogs are barking more. Yeah, um, definitely. And- I mean, mischief is, I mean, she's, I said to you, she's a, she's a vocal, we say kindly, don't we? She's a vocal breed. <laughs> she's a vocal dog. Um, and she's, I won't have the word yappy applied to her. I won't. No, <laughs> but don't. Um, no, I'm not going to. And, um, but you know, she, she sort of, I mean, if she was a big, big German Shepherd, you'd be going, "Oh gosh, she's she's a force to be reckoned, reckoned with, isn't she? She's a you know defensive dog." But just because she's little, I won't have a call yappy. But she, she, you know, she's aware of what's going on, and she's up at the window, and she's looking out, and she's, you know, in in her mind, she's just doing what comes naturally, and she's defending. But, and she does do that to an extent, anyway. Um, you know, she is a bit of a halt who goes there dog. But since <laughs> since lockdown, I think because. You see, I'm thinking about this. How many of these changes in dogs have we fed? Uh, probably without knowing it. But like when a drive, when a, a, a vehicle pulls up on our drive now, we kind of all, we've, we've gone into that sort of dog, dog mode of like, who's that? Who's that? What are they doing? You know. Oh, you so, guys are running to the windows too. Yep, yep. <laughs> so we're doing that. Good. Who is it? So she's, you know, she's probably feeding off, off us doing that. And yeah, she's, she's like, I she... finally trained my people. This yes. is what I've been... <laughs> Yes. I find I did it. <laughs> I made them see sense, but yeah, but she's definitely m- more, you know, just more aware of. And even we put a doorbell in. This is probably giving too much insight into us, but anyway, we put a doorbell in that um, has set m- m- motion detectors, and, oh, yeah. and and it goes because we don't have to interact. Then we don't have to go and open the door, and it goes. There's a little um, tune that plays, and you can access it through. Um, I won't say the word because she will go off now, but A-L-E-X-A. You can Alexa, um, access wow. it. Wow. I don't, I, I don't say that because she'll go, what do you want? Um, or your phone or whatever. And so, and we can say to people, look, it's okay. We don't need to open the door. We, we, we know you're there. Um, but that little tune even that plays, she reacts to that now because she knows, oh, activity is going to happen. Something, something's happening. Yeah. Ever so strange. It's so cool. Like they can make connections so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, there was um, my, that, Border Collie, I'm talking a lot about Sadie. Wow. Yeah. Um, this is like therapy for me. <laughs> <laughs> we all but need she, that at the moment. <laughs> right. Um, but she, um, we, we had lived on a second floor apartment. Everything was fine. We moved her last year of life to a first floor apartment where she could see everything out on the street. So like if people rang our doorbell before, she wouldn't come out into the hall and down the stairs to let people in. She would stop at our door and wait. And then we'd come up the stairs. She'd be like, hey, everyone's here. This is great. Yeah. But living on a first floor apartment, like she could see people coming up the stairs from out the window and she could see people going into the next unit over and she could she could see everything. So if somebody rang the doorbell, um, I would I finally put up a sign that said, you know, please don't ring the doorbell. Call my phone. Yes. And within a week, people would call my phone and I would say, I'll be right there. And then she would take off up at the front door. 
So like they can make those connections oh, yeah. Yeah. so fast. Yeah. Um, it's it's frightening how fast they can make <laughs> those connections. It is because you think, well, what am I doing wrong with the training that you're not making the connections there as fast? <laughs> right? That's, it's an eye opener, isn't it? <laughs> I think part of it, um, so I, I just did a video for my students about timing and I thought, like, here's the best part of this whole thing. I was talking about, like, how Captain, uh, I'm doing these videos and he makes everybody laugh. And it's usually, like, showing off my uh, my inability to do something. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was trying to do one on timing for clickers. So I, I had a tennis ball and I dropped it. And I was trying to click the second, like, the ball would hit the ground and yeah. then click. Um but because I was trying to film it and, and you couldn't see the ball hitting the ground, I decided I would throw it against the wall so the camera would pick it up. Yeah. So I'm trying to throw a ball with my left hand. I'm right-handed. Catch <laughs> it with my left hand and click with my right hand. And I was convinced I was clicking at the right time. But what I was at, when, in watching it through, I was clicking for catching it. Uh-huh. Like I would catch it and click instead of click when As the it, ball yeah. hit the door. Mm-hmm. So the timing of it, um, it was actually a beautiful example of when our our brains are split focused, like maybe a reactive dog looking at something that is terrifying, but also the human going, Sparky, (laughs) (laughs) the dog is trying to focus on two things at once. And what are we actually connect? What is that click connecting for them? And it's all on our timing. Yeah. And dogs can be really forgiving of our bad handling. Um, yeah. But sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes our predictability is just so bad <laughs> or, yeah. or way off that they're not able to make that connection. Or maybe they can make it with one person, but not somebody else because they're inconsistent. So it really did demonstrate like how consistency is so important. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Repetition is consistency, but in repetition and and yeah. and um, motivation, you know, reward, I guess, is the other thing, because she's mischief is getting the reward of embarking and you're going away or whatever it is that that feedback ah. loop. You know, so I need to, you know, as you say, be consistent and reward when I want that, get that behavior that I want. You know, absolutely right. reward it. Yeah. Yeah. And rewarding with something that they find rewarding. Right. Like yes. I always like I love the example of like my grandma knitting me a sweater, right? Like she put all this love and care and attention into it and she thinks it's rewarding. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But then I'm like, thanks. Yeah. (laughs) I'll put Um, it in the wardrobe. Thanks. Big or like a puce color, like whatever the case might be. So like what you think might be rewarding might not actually be reinforcing uh, to the dog so the reward is in the eye of the beholder not the not the giver yes yeah 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 I mean that's a really good um you know idea for your training a good good advice for for if your training isn't getting you and your dog where you want to be that's a good you know piece of advice to look at what you're rewarding with and yeah. is it is it really you know the reward that you know your dog wants I mean for example when I took Buddy to um to try some agility and Lee said to me, we went to Lee Gibson and Lee said, um, have you have you got a toy with you? And I said, well, no, I've got some treats. And he said, no, no, we have to have a toy. And I'd got a rope lead on, on the dog. And, and he said, well, well, we'll try that. And I was like, well, good luck trying to get my dog to do anything without treats. Then. And he, he did it. And at the time, I think Lee was in his early 20s and I'm in my early 40s, was then in my early 40s. And um, 
And like, I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be good. I'm going to say to this kid afterwards, you know, oh, well, that didn't go well. And of course, it went perfectly. And I, and I said to him, I told him the truth. And I said, wow, I am amazed. But, you know, it was his attitude. He got the toy and he's jeeing Buddy up with it. And he, they had a game of tug afterwards. And, and it worked. But, you know, he knew how to make it work for the dog. And, you know, there's, mm-hmm. a, there's another, <laughs> another piece of advice. Yeah. But, yeah, so what, what you think motivates your dog doesn't always motivate your dog. And right. something you think is, is no good may well work. And different relationships too. So like if yeah. I, um, if, if I try to, uh, do something with captain and I'm using food, great. But if somebody else is trying to mm. get him to do something, if I'm using kibble and I'm in my apartment, that can work. But if I'm outside and I'm trying to use kibble, he's like, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Um, or if, else like he might have a different relationship with someone else where like just laying across their lap all 50 pounds of him is <laughs> the most reinforcing thing for him in the world like okay if I if I don't jump on you you're gonna ask me to come up yeah and he does and he's so happy um but oh. he doesn't like to do that on me mm. like he just like he cuddles up next to he likes this little spot like underneath my armpit oh, <laughs> probably because it smells you. lovely I'm sure <laughs> I haven't showered in like well I'm not gonna <laughs> mention <laughs> We're all yeah. our worst selves right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Melissa, we only have to wash our hands, don't we? I think that's it, right? Yeah, Isn't that just, the only thing yeah. you have to wash? Stop at the wrist and you're done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need a weed whacker to shave my legs when it gets warm enough out here. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, that guy from uh, uh, oh, Crocodile Dundee with that big machete just to get yeah. like <laughs> Yeah, uh, I know. What are you doing? Just cutting some brush. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yes, it's not just our dogs that are missing the grooming, is it? No. Oh, God, no. Oh, dear. I mean, on on that uh, subject, I mean, it's sort of um, taking us towards a story that I want you to tell us, please, because um, tell us about Captain and the Tick. So I'll, I'm going to make sure that I use language that's suitable for jolly good, a family, <laughs> family friendly podcast. Yeah, um, I'm going to keep this family friendly. But um, so a couple weeks ago, um, we were talking about um, the importance of you know muzzling our dogs and getting them acclimated to muzzles, and maybe like since we're all home, we could try to do this as an exercise for our students. And so one of my colleagues had made a little muzzling video and and it and the next day it turns out I actually needed to use one for captain <laughs> um because um we had a a, a mild medical situation um because mm-hmm. captain had um a, a tick on well if we can speak an emoji um <laughs> on his hot dog <laughs> with cucumber yep little eggplant <laughs> <laughs> we've got you <laughs> um, with uh if you're into rhyming conventions it rhymes with tick <laughs> um <laughs> So, so, um, captain, it's just started to get warm out and he must've just gone out for a quick wee. And then, um, I needed to pick a tick off of his tick magnet. And (laughs) so so I'm looking at him and I'm like, so how do I get this off? Like I have a a tool called a tick key. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen them there. They, you can keep them on your keychain, but it's like a, it almost looks like a, an inverted can opener that you can just kind of, it's got a hole in it and you can slide it over the tick and pop it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I had one of those and I'm looking at it and I'm looking at his penis and I'm like, yeah, no, <laughs> like this is 
not a tool that's going to work here. And I'm like, well, I guess I could just pick it off. And, and like, I'm touching him and I'm trying to get it off. And it's such a sensitive area. He just kept like looking at me like, woman, what are you doing? And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> like, I'm confident that our medical professionals, when they decided that they were going to go to veterinary school, this was not what they had in mind. <laughs> but this is not a skill set that I have, yeah. nor am I prepared for, nor do I want to do right now. And fortunately, like our animal hospitals around here are still open and providing medical services. Um, not just um, emergency services, but they, they do have proper precautions. And most people are only using them, luckily, for these more emergent situations. So like, yeah. you know, like hit by car, diabetes, or oh, like more serious things. But then after a vet tech a friend of mine was like, well, why don't you try to suffocate the dick with that with Vaseline? And I'm like, I cannot like, <laughs> add lubrication to this situation. Oh, I can't. And I've got the can of Vaseline and I'm looking at my dog and I'm like, get in the car. We're going to the vet. <laughs> I'm like, they are way better suited for this. And I'm sure they could use a good laugh. So I put Captain in the car and this poor dog hasn't been, he hasn't left like our neighborhood in over a month. Oh. So he gets in the car and he's like, oh boy, I'm going for a ride. And oh. then when we pull into the animal hospital, he's like, Oh, <laughs> betrayal. <laughs> Come on. Like the look on his face. I got a photo of it. Like the second he realized where we were, I just like, I parked oh. the car and I took his photo and he just looked like I had like, I don't know, like popped his favorite balloon. Like he was like a kid. Yeah. Oh, bless him. Goes it. The technician comes out and like, behind her mask, like she's very professional, but you know, as soon as she went in there, she was like, <laughs> they handled the situation. He was out in four minutes, which I don't know what that says about my dog. So he comes out and then they um, cleaned him up a bit and you know, he was swollen for a couple days, but he was fine. Aww. He's fine. But like he did, like, you know, like having that muzzle, like you don't, <laughs> I think it just kind of goes back to like, it might not be a massive medical like your dog might not have a broken leg. You might just have a tick. <laughs> like yeah. having your dog muscle trained is super important and really useful. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. So thank you to all my veterinarian and technician friends out there. Because like when things like animal penises come up that you didn't expect, <laughs> like when you first thought about wading into the waters of vet school, like I roll in with my dog <laughs> during a pandemic, like, Hey, can you oh, handle dear. my situation for me? <laughs> and I'm so glad they did. Yeah. And absolutely. so was Captain. <laughs> oh, yes, I bet. I bet he's a lot more comfortable now. <laughs> I'm oh, sure. Yeah, I can just imagine. Yeah, I, and I, I can imagine that feeling as well. That you, you, That's not really an area you don't. And particularly for somebody who's with a male dog, you just don't. No, no, you can have your privacy. I'm not. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bless. And that's like the worst part of it. Like, I guess the best for him, for his health, the best part. For me and my reputation as an animal professional, not a great look. Oh. But I get there, and the the technician when she brought him back out was like, "Well, um, so I was like, so was it a tick?" And she goes, "Well, there was a tick. So it turns out it was a scab, 
from where the tick had fallen off probably a day before. Oh. So it wasn't even a tick the whole time. Oh, bless. <laughs> just like, God, of oh. course it wasn't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but they're perfectly suited to handle that. And they were so professional about it, at least to my face. And oh. I hope they were not professional about it behind that closed door because yeah. they deserved it. <laughs> like, they deserve to laugh and have all of the the catharsis that they yes. needed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you probably made their day. <laughs> I hope so. Oh. Captain Love does bring a whole new meaning <laughs> to his yes, name. doesn't he? Oh, bless, bless. So, I mean, we talked about some dogs are sort of getting more barky. Um, yeah. And, oh, what, what, something you mentioned was weight. Um, some dogs, weight is being affected, isn't it, by lockdown? It is. So, like, uh, one thing that we had noticed, um, and then I, I kind of put it out there to my students, and it and it seems to be not necessarily across the board, but there were definitely some ticks. Of, <laughs> 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 some spikes of people commenting um, and, and chiming back in were uh, weight changes. And so like either dogs are running at the dog park. So like if you have a higher energy dog or they're not going off leash, our um, we have this thing called the Middlesex Fells, which is like this 2000 acre uh, preser- preservation land that people can go with their dogs and go hiking. But there's so many people out there. It's just, you can't keep six feet of distance from people mm in all of this land because everybody's discovered, oh, I can hike now. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I'm a hiker. Um, so, like, so the dogs are not getting uh, their aerobic activity that they would usually get. And like Captain can't go off leash. Like he's houndy and he follows his nose and, mm. and I don't trust him off leash. So I usually use a tennis court and let him run around there. And then one day I went and it was locked. So like, and we live in a city, so there's nowhere for him to run. Yeah. And it's been a month that he's had any significant aerobic activity. And so the assumption is that most dogs, if they're not uh, working out or running or getting the same kind of activity that they might be gaining weight. And that seems to be true. But the opposite is what happened to Captain. I was doing a, a, a little video just to say, okay, well, guys, we should check our dog's weight, knowing that some of these dogs were getting heavier. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I put, I was showing like how to get him on the scale and shape it. And, and then when he sat on the scale the first time he was sitting right on the number, so I couldn't see it. <laughs> so I had to do it again. <laughs> comic relief. Um, so I did it again and I positioned him correctly and I could see on the scale that he had lost like six pounds since wow. lockdown, which for a 50 pound dog is a lot of weight. Yeah. And then I started to panic. I'm like, Oh my God, does he have cancer? Like what's going on? Like I went to a dark place for about 30 seconds before I realized very sensibly that of course he lost weight. He's not getting peanut butter Kongs three times a day. When I walk up to the school to get my kid, He's yeah. not going in his crate with the bullies when I go and, and to the grocery store. He's not getting all these extra cookies because people are coming over and we're doing training games with him. Mm-hmm. He's not going to dog training classes for like four hours a week. He's not like he's not doing all of these extra things. So he's just getting his like measly third of a cup of kibble in the morning <laughs> and third of a cup of kibble at night. And he shed weight, like yeah. an embarrassing amount of weight for a dog professional. Like this is my job <laughs> and my dog is shedding pounds. Like crazy. I am not a medical professional, clearly. 
<laughs> well, like, but then like other people were also like, yeah, my dog has lost a few pounds too. And this makes sense. So like we have to supplement like, cause now we're all home. We're not giving them all the extra stuff to keep them busy while we're gone. Cause we're here. Yeah. So like you might see a spike in one direction where they might be putting on weight from lack of physical exercise or the opposite, you're not leaving and their schedule hasn't really changed, but they're not eating as much. Yeah. yeah. And he's very happily putting weight back on. <laughs> <laughs> good for him. Good. Now the worry of the tick is gone. Good, good. Yep. But he's like, so, good. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's interesting because actually my um, social media is full of, well, ha- not full of, but has a lot of people saying, oh, I'm putting weight on in, in lockdown. Now, I found actually that I have lost weight. No, I have it to lose. I will give you that. I have it to lose, but I am, I have lost um, about half, a, about seven pounds, half a stone. And, um, and I, I was thinking, oh my goodness. Now, far, part of it was that to begin with, I, I was terrified we were going to run out of food. So I was sort of rationing it all out and working out what I could have and couldn't have. And I'm really taking care that I'm, not for a dietary reason, for a practical reason, that I don't want to run out of food. And, um, but as well, I realised that I'm, I'm, not getting the access to McDonald's or um, Greg's. We that's an English uh, British um, fast. Well, no cafe and cake shop and lovely things they have, and you can go and sit in or you can take away. Um, but I'm not getting the access to them or Subway or or you know the chip shop, whatever. But I'm not getting the access to those things, and so Ooh. I know. So being at home and, and making my own food. You know, and being a lot more aware of what I'm eating. It's improved my diet, actually, and I'm losing weight. That's and also, amazing. Think, mm, thinking about it, um, that must mean that Missy, I mean, we we don't give her silly amounts, but, you know, when we go to McDonald's, she gets the end of a chip, but she gets the end of a chip from everybody. And so I must weigh her, actually. You haven't said that. But she made me losing weight as well. it. Try weighing her and see what it's like. Yeah. And you can make it to a fun training exercise. See if you can teach her to go and sit on a scale. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It was it was actually a lot of fun to do. Like Captain at first was like, because it's it's this, I don't know. My my husband got it, and it looks very uh, very fancy. It's uh, it's got like glass and it's see through, and like yeah. the digital numbers just pop up. And I didn't know where the numbers would pop up, so where I positioned him to sit on the thing. So like he's trying to put his paw, and it's like sliding off like Bambi on the ice, like Aww. in the Disney film. Um, but then like once we finally got him on there and he felt comfortable, he was able to sit pretty and then I could read the numbers because his, I mean, he's, he's got a bedunk. So like it was hard to place him. But then when, like, so he would sit pretty and I could read the numbers and then had to do it again and, and reposition the scale so I could actually read them. Um, but he, um, but then when I noticed he had lost weight and panicked, I was like, oh, wait, hold on. There's a reason for this. Yeah. We can not panic. It's fine. <laughs> like, so. Oh. I'm like, doctor's orders, have a Kong. <laughs> like, yeah. Just take the whole jar, buddy. Just take the whole jar oh. of peanut butter. You're fine. <laughs> bless him. Bless. But it is, as you say, it's all unknown, unknown territory. You know, we've never been here before. We, we you know, suddenly this has happened to us. What other things are people telling you about their, their dogs going through lockdown? I'm thinking of people sitting at home now thinking, my dog's doing this, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever. Can we reassure them? What, what, else, what other problems are people having? So one of the the more interesting ones that I, I I see infrequently, but it it does come to mind probably because I've never heard this before. Um, some dogs seem to be very confused by owners talking to magic boxes where other people <laughs> voices are coming out. So these humans are stuck inside of these magic boxes called computers. <laughs> like, yeah. um, so there are lots of dogs who are uh, 
if the owner is talking on like a Zoom call for for work or or for whatever or even socially, like they're yeah. like I went to a Zoom birthday party the other day. It was Aww, it was lovely. very nice to see everybody. Mm. Um, but it was. Uh, when you're just staring and you're talking to a magic box, can you imagine what that looks like to your dog? Especially if you're like, if I work a lot from home, like when I'm doing writing or yeah. meetings and stuff. So my dog is acclimated to it. So I never thought Absolutely, of it. Yeah. Um, and the same for you, you're home yeah. right now and, and Missy's there. Um, but for people who do all of their work outside of the home and they're suddenly talking at a screen yeah, yeah. and maybe even gesticulating to no one. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Like that dog is like, she's lost her marbles. What is happening? And they start barking or they might hear a voice coming out of the computer and start barking and starting to get upset. So desensitizing dogs to the new technology that we're becoming more and more dependent on as we're working from home, I think is actually really useful. Teaching, go to bed. Hey, give your dog a peanut butter (laughs) cog while you're having your call. Um, So really starting to look at things from your dog's vantage point in a way that like as our lives have been changing, theirs are massively affected too. And the amount of stress that they can't blow off in the same way um, is if you're feeling it, they are. And if you're feeling it, they might even be feeling yours. Like that, like I definitely notice on the days that my, my husband and I are more stressed because like just the gravity, it might not even be, there might not even be a triggering yeah. event for that day. Yeah. It just might be, we both wake up in a mood because mm. it's like, here we go again. It feels like groundhog day. Like here we go again. Like yeah. we're now our seven year old's teacher and mm. getting her set up. And her teacher is amazing. And she has her own like 18 month old. So she's trying to like mm. do curricula for like 18 kids. Yeah. Some of them, uh, our school is located in, uh, a way less affluent part of the city. So like most of those kids don't even have access to internet or didn't have screens or devices. So they can't even contact their teacher. So yeah. our school is trying to do that for them. So those families are really stressed out um, yeah. and trying to cope. Um, my daughter misses her friends. She's terrified to go outside because she sees everybody with masks and thinks that there's something up. And when she goes outside, she has to wear one and she feels restricted and it's yeah. scary. Mm. And then you're walking with your dog who sees everybody in these masks and everybody with like the gravity of we're fine. And even though you're not, they can smell you're lying. Um, Yeah. So they can be for, to us. Some dogs are way more sensitive to it and are just taking it all on themselves too. And, and are responding that they know that this isn't normal. They know they're, they have been, evolving with humans for tens of thousands of years. Um, so they know they can read us better than we can. Yeah. Um, and so I think finding ways to um, maybe kind of going back a little bit to like the whole idea of socialization, maybe changing um, with what we are learning through COVID. I think trainers who are talking a lot about mental stimulation for their dogs, I think that needs to be at the forefront of the discussions that we're having during COVID and during this crisis, but also hopefully they carry further on like and impact the way that we teach classes after this pandemic is over. Um, Because this is such a critical thing. It does. It's not just for dogs who have behavior issues or, or reactive or can't, who can't do things. Like I think mental stimulation is so very important for every dog. And I think, 
this kind of crisis brings that out. Yeah. So doing find it games around your apartment. If you have a backyard, just scatter their kibble out there and say, find it. Like it doesn't have to cost any money, yeah. like it, but it can give them a break that yeah. they so desperately need. Like if you feel that you're trapped in your house, imagine your poor dog. Like, yeah. Yeah. They don't have thumbs. They can't just open up the front door and go. <laughs> no. Um, they can, I mean, they couldn't anyway, but now more than ever they can't yeah. and it's and then you have people who are like okay so dogs <laughs> this, this tickles me so dogs humans have an amazing capacity to take really good information and make really bad decisions <laughs> based on it oh yeah <laughs> and and one place where i see that are people trying to put masks on their dogs who are right so like now because now they've heard that dogs can get covid um, there's no indication that dogs can give it to people. Yeah. Um, yeah. they're getting it from us. Mm. So the fact that they're getting it from us means that, yes, we still have to keep social distancing. We still have to wash our hands. We have to protect our dogs, but that doesn't mean that we have to put a mask on our dog no, like that. No. They can't breathe. They can't regulate their temperature. Like, mm. can you imagine just somebody in, who doesn't speak your language walking up to you and shoving something on your yeah. face. Like Awful. that is terrifying. Yeah. Um, and, and especially if you've never trained them to, to accept like a muzzle or anything yes. like that. So like, yeah. so like it's, we're going to see, I think maybe more incidences of people trying to do the right thing mm. with yes, good information, but making poor decisions based on that information. Yeah. Um, and, and dogs becoming more stressed out as a result. Mm. I fear that when we do get out of this, we're going to have all these pent up dogs going to a dog park on the same day <laughs> and yeah. everybody, and there's going to be a spike in dogs going to the emergency room for like yeah. bites or, or injury or whatever the case might be. Just like children, like all of these kids that are cooped up the day they see their friends, when they're allowed to finally go out and see all their friends, it's going to be mania mania. Yeah. Like, they're going to be manic, feral children <laughs> who forgot how to engage with other people. Yeah. And it's going to be all fun and games until someone is bleeding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and that I, I suspect the same for our dogs, that they're going to be so jazzed up that they're going to just go um, all in and somebody's going to get really hurt. So I, I just yeah. hope that people are... Yes, the temptation is going to be when the curtains lift that we all just go and and finally party and celebrate. But we have to be sensible yeah. and we can't just take the reins off and be like, we're good. No, no. <laughs> Do you know, I'm just I'm just picturing now, Captain, going back to the dog park and sort of being there going, you won't believe where I had a tick. Come here and tell him the story. <laughs> Let me leave you a note. I think that's the note that he's leaving around the neighborhood. Like, as he's yes. being, guys, guys, <laughs> you have no idea. Yes, you won't believe what this. I've seen. <laughs> oh, bless her. Oh, man. Check your tick magnets. Yes. <laughs> Before your owner does. Still can't believe the little jerk just like fell off. Like, so there was like no. Uh. <laughs> they do it deliberately just to make you look silly i know oh my god they for do. sure <laughs> um i've got one eye on the time and i'm just thinking we, we, we i mean it's been lovely talking but we, we we i'm gonna say now um is there anything else that you you think people need to know 
about lockdown that I haven't given you, I haven't asked the question, I haven't set you up for yet? I think if you are struggling, reach out. There are reputable resources out there. We are, there are trainers out there like myself, but others that are putting content out there that are trying to be helpful and yeah. it, and it's not intending to be helpful at people. It, we're putting it out there with the hope that maybe it's going to be helpful for somebody. Um, and if there's something that you're struggling with, just reach out. We're home and not going anywhere. <laughs> so, and, and we're trying to pivot as professionals as well. So we're trying to also think outside of the box in, in ways that um, instead of coming to a training center and helping you there, like we're also in our house. So we have to help you by looking around what's in our house too. Yeah. Uh, so what, what can I use that's right here and accessible to me that might be able to help this person? So if you have a dog that's barking out the window and you don't want to ruin your curtains, well, maybe like you can take like some paper, like write a note, like, um, I miss you or something and just tape that up on the window blocking visual access and still like enlightening, uh, giving some joy to your neighbors as they walk by, but also preventing visual access to your dog. Yeah. So something like that just off the top of my head that might mm. be, that might help decrease some barking, but also might help you stay connected to your neighbors. So like there's, there are millions of dog trainers out there that are trying to be helpful and are accessible and, and, want to help you you are not in this alone whatever weird thing your dog is doing you just heard my weird story like it's <laughs> it's yes it's embarrassing but I tell that story because it's like it's just us too like we're all dealing with weird things and it's all weird and it's all stressful and it's all real yeah. and we hear you and we see you and we want to help you and yeah. just reach out yeah Definitely, definitely. I mean, we keep saying this over here that, you know, we're all in this together. Um, yes, we have to, yeah. as you said, we have to keep our distance, but we're all in it together. We're just, we're all going through. It's new for everybody and every dog. And, you know, we're all stuck with it. And trying and there's to make no roadmap. There's no roadmap for this. So we're yeah. all figuring it out as we go. And, and I think the thing that's so hard in this isolation is that it does, like, if you have a reactive dog that feels isolating enough, yeah. But now everyone feels that isolation and and that frustration and yeah. how hard that is. And I think maybe on the other end of it, maybe people who don't have reactive dogs might come out of this with like a little bit more understanding about what it's like to have to keep your dog away from somebody that it's, it's not a bad dog or a bad person. It's just their circumstances make it yeah. that they can't come over and say hi and that these are your neighbors. And we are all in this together and yeah. nothing that you're going through right now is you are not the only one. Um, Isolation is so hard. So you have to find a way to stay connected or else you'll become unmoored. And that's not good. No, no, absolutely. (laughs) So definitely reach out to people in any capacity that you can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, with that in mind, where can people find out more about you online? Great. Um, So my website is melissamcubemcgrath.com. It's, you spell it like you say it. <laughs> um, M-C-C-U-E, McGrath, M-C-G-R-A-C-H. Um, and then I'm also doing a presentation, actually similar to this, called Pivoting, um, COVID-19 Pivoting in a Pandemic Tomorrow for Raving Canine. Um, so that's tomorrow. And it's targeted for professionals who are trying to figure out, like, 
now what? Like, and it's, and it's not an instructional, it's more like we're all in this together, kind of like, here are some things that we're seeing and here's what we're all going through. It's kind of more of a commiseration. Like we're all trying to figure this out together. Um, and then, um, I have a YouTube channel that I started six weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) What a coincidence. Um, What made you start that? (laughs) that. Uh, so you can search for Melissa McHugh McGrath, CPDTKA. That those are, uh, certified professional dog trainer knowledge assessed. So, um, that's all there. And, and my classes there are free. So there's like a free scent work class at six weeks. There's a free tricks and games class that's six weeks. There's a free manners class that's about four weeks. So you can, um, I just wanted to make things accessible for people who are stuck at home. Yeah. And then there are also daily challenges. Well, they started off as daily challenges and then this pandemic just kept going. So now it's like every like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> it was really time consuming. But like, so there are challenges up there. So like, if you're just looking for ideas, to play with your dog you can go there too and always reach out like yeah. i'm at mutt stuff on twitter mutt stuff group on facebook and i'm pretty accessible yeah excellent well thank you ever so much and i don't bite <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> oh dear well thank you ever so much it's been fun talking to you and thank you i'm sure you've helped a lot of people oh thank you so much julia for inviting me on this has been great joy and it's it, so good to see your face, even if it's upside yes. down. <laughs> my face was upside down because my laptop's camera, for some reason, displayed me upside down to me and Melissa. And even Mr. Dogcast could not persuade it to do otherwise. We have the links Melissa mentioned on the Dogcast radio site, and it was lovely to talk to her again. And I didn't mention flying cars again. Until now. But that was just to explain that I hadn't mentioned them again, which I actually had. Hmm. It was Toto that made Dorothy laugh and saved her from growing as grey as her surroundings. Toto was not grey. He was a little black dog with long silky hair and small black eyes that twinkled merrily on either side of his funny wee nose. Toto played all day long and Dorothy played with him and loved him dearly. The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, L. Frank Baum. You're listening to Dogcast Radio on www.dogcastradio.com. And now it's time for the Dogcast Radio news. We've had various shortages during the lockdown. Toilet paper. Hand wash and sanitizer. Flour. Bicycles. And more, I'm sure. But now the UK is facing its darkest hour, because apparently there aren't enough puppies to go around. This is serious. In many ways, because apparently prices of pups have doubled and waiting lists are four times longer than usual. Having to wait might be no bad thing, because getting a puppy isn't an impulse buy, and that time might discourage those who are not really up to the challenge. Bill Lambert, who's the head of health and welfare at the UK Kennel Club, called the demand unprecedented after the club received 140% increased inquiries about puppies. The RSPCA has had a 600% increase in traffic to its dog fostering pages and a rise of 30% in its finder pet pages. The sad thing is that when demand goes up, it provides opportunities for unscrupulous individuals to cash in. Whether you get a dog from a breeder or a rescue, make sure they are reputable, talk to them in depth about their dogs in general and your prospective dog in particular. And with the restrictions of lockdown, it might be better to wait and get a dog later, unless you know you are dealing with a reliable, genuine source. 
because there have been people who've stumped up quite large sums of money only to find they've been scammed and there is no dog at all. So sad. And of course, then there's the question of meeting the dog's needs after lockdown. Although it's important to strike a balance between your dog's needs and, um, well, the needs of the rest of the world, as this next story demonstrates. One overzealous dog owner sent a note to their neighbour requesting noise from the child playing in the garden be reduced as it was disturbing her dog. The note says, Every day this week, when the weather has been nice and windows are open, you proceeded to let your small child run free in your backyard and laugh and giggle and carry on without end. It carries on. This is very disruptive for my two dogs and my bird who sits next to the window and like to look in your yard. So what would you do if you received such a note? Noise pollution can be extremely distressing, but surely children have the right to play in their own garden. You can see the full text of the letter on the Twitter account which published it, at Heinemann Bobby. We'd love to hear what advice you'd give Bobby, or if you had a dispute with your neighbours over noise and how you resolved it. And now on to some clever Finnish dogs. We talked last time about how medical detection dogs in the UK are training dogs to detect COVID-19. Well, dogs in Finland are being given the same task. Researchers at the Veterinary and Human Medicine Facilities at the University of Helsinki have successfully trained dogs to differentiate between the urine of COVID-19 sufferers and that of healthy individuals. The next step is to gather more samples of urine for the dogs to get to work on, and researchers also aim to clarify what the dogs are identifying in the patient samples and how long the scent stays after the infection has passed. In the future, it could be possible to use trained COVID dogs in a multitude of beneficial tasks. For example, identifying infected individuals in a nursing or retirement home, screening true positives within the medical care sector to avoid non-necessary quarantines, and helping at custom checkpoints at airports and other border points. And from lockdown to a crackdown, Dutch government is enforcing its welfare legislation with regard to short-snouted dogs. Since 2014, Holland has had a traffic light system wherein only dogs whose snout is at least a third as long as their head may be bred. Now that law is to be actively enforced, with the result that the Pug Club has suspended breeding and is planning to re-evaluate the breed's breeding programme to ensure healthier dogs with the required length of muzzle are produced. Pugs are not the only breed affected, with 20 breeds, including the English and French Bulldogs, falling foul of the law. Do you think it's right for the government to get involved with dog breeding in this way, or should they leave it to the breed clubs? On now to a dog with plenty of nose, whose scenting ability helped save him. Seven-month-old miniature dachshund, Floyd, was scared by another dog barking, causing him to dash off into a rapeseed oil field on the 350-acre farm where he lives in North Yorkshire. Owners Fern Holmes and Doug Dinwiddie searched for their beloved pup for three days. Then a specialist dog tracker suggested they use the dog's sense of smell to tempt him. So on her advice, they cooked bacon on disposable barbecues, opened tins of sardines and left trail of beef stock. It worked, and Floyd, dirty but healthy and whole, turned up at their house. Floyd is being spoiled, and from now on will have a tracking device on his collar. I suppose you could say bacon saved a sausage dog. Meanwhile, in Germany, a dog was using his scenting ability to sniff out drugs, one million euros worth of it. A sniffer dog called Reese discovered 132 kilograms, 290 pounds, of hashish with a street value of 1.2 million euros. That's 1.3 million dollars. The discovery was made during a routine check on the A1 highway between Dortmund and Munster. 
The Polish driver said he was unaware of any illegal substances on board, but thankfully Rees was well aware and signalled to his handlers. Officials later found a false wall on the lorry, behind which the drugs were hidden. Our last story also concerns a vehicle, this time a bus. In the coastal village of Little Wittering, in the UK, a dog had to be rescued from a bus. Labrador Daisy ran out in front of the bus, and although it hit her, she escaped significant injury and rolled beneath the vehicle where she became trapped. With the bus unable to move without dragging Daisy along the road, the West Sussex Fire Crew was called in. Firefighters from Chichester Fire Station used high-pressure airbags to lift the bus up and tempted Daisy out to safety and a veterinary checkup. Wow, that's one lucky dog. It certainly is. And that's it for now. See you next time. A dog reflects the family life. Whoever saw a frisky dog in a gloomy family, or a sad dog in a happy one? Snarling people have snarling dogs. Dangerous people have dangerous ones. Arthur Conan Doyle, The Casebook of Sherlock Holmes. Debbie Connolly is an experienced animal behaviourist and a dangerous dog's expert witness. She's observed her own dogs during lockdown, as well as helping others with theirs. It's good to have you back, my unmike wife. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it's good to be Debbie Connolly and Julie Hill again. It, yes. I'm enjoying the excitement of it enormously. Good, good. We're, we're not going to talk about a very exciting subject in a way because I, I, I well I suppose for dogs it has been quite exciting but in a in, in a bad way potentially because <laughs> lockdown what we think of you know us being there with them as as, as a good thing but lockdown it was a, a sudden change to us being there all the time virtually wasn't it it was indeed and, and I think that was an assumption following as I do lots of social media that this was going to be marvellous, you know, that these dogs are going to have all this company all day and, oh, I can't wait to spend the day at home with my dogs. And, and the reality, I think, has now worn a little thin. Um, it's it's certainly very nice. I mean, I, I'm lucky in that I work from home several days a week normally anyway. Um, and, and, yes, it's lovely spending the time with, with my dogs and cats. But I think for the dogs who've got a, a general routine of people and particularly children, yes. uh, being, being missing uh, most of weekdays, um, I think it's come as a little bit of a, a shock. And uh, I, I think what I'm seeing on social media, particularly on Facebook, a lot more posts about, you know, people saying, oh, since lockdown, my dog seems a lot more stressed. There was somebody the other day saying that her dog has taken to randomly walking around the house barking yeah. and somebody else said that they was outside most of the time um the fact that both these people have children is entirely coincidental of course um but i i think that i think dogs quite like that downtime you know we've when historically when we video dogs left home alone um there's an awful lot of sleeping yes and we, we've suddenly got this situation where those sleeping hours are more disturbed um, I think people have been more stressed. Dogs, yes, dogs pick up on that. Definitely. We're all getting a bit stir crazy, I think, by now. And, uh, you know, the sensible people who are observing it properly uh, are at home more, making less trips. People are walking their dogs. Um, I think another thing that's happening is people are going a long way. They're putting the dog in the car and going somewhere else and somebody else has had the same idea. And I think people are very stressed. I think the dogs are picking up on it. Some dogs are getting less exercise than they used to. And, and I think some dogs are struggling a bit with this. Yes. 
Definitely. Apparently, what I've read in the news is that some dogs that have had behavioural problems before have lessened and some dogs that didn't have behavioural problems before are beginning to have behavioural problems. So it's a it's a, a really, in, I mean, it, it's it's a horrible time in, in many ways, but it's an interesting time from that point of view. Although yeah. not interesting yeah. from the dog's point of view either. Well, I, I got a call yesterday from somebody asking for some advice and um, essentially her dog has always been a little bit on the nervous side. Um, he's never been the bravest dog, but he has taken to uh, wanting to be outside more, mm. uh, wanting to be. I mean, normally they are both at work uh, most of each work, each weekday, and the dog's taken to want to be outside more and wandering around the garden and, and just when they are walking him, he seems a bit more jittery even than normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, do you think it's because as in the kids are at home? I went, probably, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, essentially I gave her some advice and sent her some um, free help sheets, which people can have about how you treat stress in dogs, how you deal with a dog who's a bit nervous and, the advice pack that normally is a fiver, I've been giving away for free. It's sheets on a few different topics, generic advice. I've been giving that away for, for free since the beginning of lockdown. Mm. Um, and it's gone to a lot of people for these reasons. The dogs are a bit stressed. What do we do? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I think that it's a bit like children, I guess. It's I think they're tired sometimes because yes. they're not getting the – I don't think it's just the physical rest. I think, like people, it's the mental rest. You know, they've gone away for a few hours. I'm going to have a sleep, have a wee, have a wander around for a bit, uh, and they'll be back later. And and I think there's possibly an element of um, of mental tiredness, not yeah. just the physical tiredness. Yeah. No, I think yeah, I think you're absolutely right because it's it's just and it's such a a sudden change. Everything's changed, but it's such a sudden change. It was like, bosh, there you go, bang, there's your humans. And it was like, yeah. there was we yeah. we spend ages acclimatizing them usually, don't we? Well, exactly. You know, some people have gone through long periods of um, separation anxiety problems and got their dog used to being left alone. And and I've seen a few comments from people whose dogs have had, you know, problems historically saying, well, what now? It's nicer for the dog, but am I going to have to deal with this with as a problem again yes. when I yeah. go back to work? And I think that's a, that's a legitimate thing. I know people are keen to walk their dogs, but I, I think it, it appears that June is going to be a little bit of a lessening of um, some work and priorities. And I know some people are expecting to go back to work uh, fairly soon. So, you know, can you acclimatise the dog? Yes. Um, Even if you've got a, you know, a a dog gate up at home. um, And uh, if you think, well, I might might actually be back at work in a couple of weeks and my dog's suddenly going to be on its own. I think you need to think sensibly here. You know, put put the dog behind the gate for a couple of hours every day. Um, if you are, because I think people can do an extra walk now and go more places. Yeah. Don't just take the dog. You know, the the world will go back to some semblance of normality, um, at least partially in the next couple of months. I, I think you, people need to start thinking about these short separations now. Yes. And teaching the dog it's okay you know you don't have to keep putting it in the car and taking it to the shops or using your two bits of exercise a day to walk the dog if you think there's a possibility that that's going to go back to how it was you know at least do a short one without the dog shut the dog away for short periods 
keep that idea that you're safe if if you're left. And I think people need to be probably doing that on an ongoing basis to uh, perhaps a lesser extent. And then in the build up to suddenly I'm going back to work perhaps a bit more. Um, yeah. And and treat for stress. It is stressful. We're all stressed by it. Yeah. The animals pick up on that. They don't know what on earth's going on. And one minute you're there all the time and getting on their nerves, and the next minute you've gone back to work, and that's nice. But what now? I'm panicking. Mm. Yeah, you know, pre- preparation. You know, do some do some short timeouts. Do some short separations. Don't always walk the dog with you. Go without it a few times, and and treat the dog for stress when the change comes again. And if the dog is stressed now, then treat for stress. If people want to contact me and want a copy of the help sheets about treating stress in dogs and nervous dogs, they can contact me and, and I'll send it out by email as I've been doing to quite a few people lately. Yeah, yeah, that's great. It's, it's good to know that support is there. It's lovely because, you know, it, as you say, we're all stressed at the moment and this is another stress, another thing to worry about. Um how we how we deal with that and, and keep our dogs as happy as they can be. Would you yeah. would you think it's a good idea when you go back to because technology's you know never been easier to use really. Would it be a good idea to set a camera up and just check how your dog is doing? Well, this is an interesting thing because I did this myself. Hmm. Uh, I've had mine up and running I think probably for about uh, maybe eight ten months now. Partially I did it because uh, although I'm lucky in that I can occasionally get people to pop in, the the work I do as an expert witness means I'm off to court giving evidence in cases and I may think I'm going to be a couple of hours and then end up there all day. Mm. So I have some concerns about, you know, what are my dogs and cats doing ransacking my house when (laughs) I'm not there? So I did exactly this last year and and I think the camera cost me uh, something like 35 pounds or something thereabouts Mm. Uh, it's connected to the wi-fi it sits on the window ledge i can remotely uh, turn it round so i can look either through the window at the patio area because on a warm day they've got access to the huge patio which is all security fenced and i can turn it to look at that see what they're doing outside mainly sitting on my patio furniture (laughs) and i can turn it back to inside to see them sitting on the sofa so I've been using this for some months and I really like it. I can speak to them as well, which was hilarious uh, on several (laughs) occasions. My house is quite isolated, so I'm not dealing with them reacting to, you know, car doors banging or whatever, but but perhaps a delivery would come. Yes. And I would, uh, and they'd be barking. So on a random occasion when I checked on them and they were barking, if I turn the camera, I can see there's a brief visit from a delivery man, so I know what's going on. Um, So I think from from reasons of general, you know, mental security for me i could see what was going on but um i did i did shout shut up uh, down the camera <laughs> once when they were being silly and my belgian malinois who's a retired security dog who's the the brains of the operation stopped dead and looked straight at the camera my crazy spaniel and the foster westie went running off around the house going where is she where is she um <laughs> it was absolutely the best intelligence test ever and i got the dirty look from uh, from the mally Yes, I think it's a good idea. I think if if your dog perhaps needed to hear your voice, you know, to hear your reassurance, um, because on an odd occasion I've been sitting stuck in court for a while and I've checked on them and, you know, I've said, hi, guys, how are you doing? And and the more I've done that, the more they've just kind of wagged their tails and been happy to hear me. Yeah. they, they do freak out a bit the first few times. Um, once they all ran out the door barking, thinking I was home. Um, again, the, 
the brainy Malinois has been the one who's sort of gone, for God's sake, it's coming from there. Um, <laughs> and, and now they just kind of wag their tails and they're quite happy. So you might have to do a bit of, you know, sensible um, acclimatising from the shops, which is how I did it. Every time I left the house just to nip to the shops or whatever, I'd speak to them because I'd be back 10 minutes later. Yeah. Um, bit of common sense. But I, for me, it's also the security of knowing that they're okay. You know, that yes, I'd be cross if they were chewing the sofa or whatever, but that's not happened yet. Yeah. Um, but it's just the security of knowing that I can speak to them if they were a bit distressed and, and I can see what they're up to and they are mainly asleep. Yes. You know, there's usually just a bunch of cats and dogs laid out in the sunshine or <laughs> sitting on the sofas. Um, and and that's, that's just nice. I don't disturb them. It's nice to see that they're not distressed, especially if I'm a little longer than I expected to be. There's lots of them available online and on Amazon. Um, they mainly run on your Wi-Fi, and uh, I think mine is a Wandsway or something like that. But it's um, it wasn't hugely expensive. It has night vision if I wanted to, if the lights weren't on, although there would be. Um, I could even see them in the dark. So mm-hmm. there was a there was a time when I'd check on them from bed. Most of them were in the bedroom, but the ones that were downstairs, I would check. And I've discovered that two of my cats, the minute I go to bed jump into my place on the sofa and don't move on. Um, it explains why they, I think it explains why they glare at me a lot during the day because I think they think I steal their place during the day. But, yeah, I, I think it's a good idea. I, I think I think peace of mind for owners is not a bad thing. Yeah. And just to know that they're okay. I mean, you know, I, I, I was talking to somebody a few months ago whose dog has uh, epilepsy hmm. and they've set up cameras in their house because their dog has um, had a very, very severe uh, sudden incident, nearly died. Um, and they've got cameras around the house so that even if they're in bed, the dog has the run of the house. Being a husky, he likes to sleep on the cold stone floor downstairs. Mm. Um, but they can check on him. They can check on him when they're at the shops and at work. And they've got several cameras around the house. And I think if your dog has that sort of uh, illness and you just want to keep checking in if the dog's okay, so you could rush home if that was a problem, then, uh, you know, I think it's a good idea. Yes. I've rather enjoyed watching what they do when I'm not there. <laughs> it's just a little more boring than I thought it would be, thankfully. <laughs> Well, of course, they save their interesting stuff when you're there. They know you want to see some yes. interesting stuff then. This, this is true. This is true. <laughs> um, people who've, who've perhaps come in for a while and looked after my dogs historically have often said they're a lot quieter when you're not there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's not true. I'm sure it's not. Bless them. Bless them. You know, the other thing that occurs to me, Debbie, is that there's apparently there's been a lot of, of animals and dogs, as, you know, adopted because people didn't want to face lockdown <laughs> yes, without, yeah, yeah. without a dog. That, I find, I mean, it's lovely on one level, but on another level, it, that worried me straight away because we have yeah. a very different lifestyle in lockdown. From it's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I've seen some very sensible people and rescues saying, do not adopt a dog on the basis that in a few weeks it's all sorted and it'll either just carry on with a completely different lifestyle or you just want to give it back at a moment's notice. Yeah. Um, I am concerned. I've also seen uh, just two days ago uh, a notorious rescue with a very bad reputation brought in 12 puppies oh. from abroad and took them all straight off the van to their new homes. Mm. I mean, it, it's, you know, first of all, they shouldn't be doing that at all and how mm-hmm. the hell van across um across through the traces uh, system i don't know but they did i think that there's been a lot more people saying well certainly i've seen it 
I'm, you know, I'm at home for a few weeks. Can I foster a dog for you? Now, yes, it's lovely. It's lovely in the sense that if the dogs can get out there, uh, out of kennels for a while, um, and you learn a bit more about them, and the people are properly prepared, they are home checked, they have proper contracts, the rescue is properly insured because those two last things often don't happen at all, as mm. I'm to account for in court on more than one occasion. Um, I think that the principle of dogs getting out of kennels for a while is an absolutely excellent one. If the people are not prepared, you know, didn't they have a dog already? Why weren't they fostering already? Um, is it as simple as, well, we're at home now and we weren't before? Okay, that's valid to a point. But if, if all of these dogs suddenly need to come back like Sunday mm. because everybody's going back to work on Monday, is it realistic to expect that to happen? I just I hope that the people in the rescues who have done it have actually um, prepared the fosterers for it properly. Um, from what I've seen on Facebook, a few have and a lot haven't. And it's the usual suspects. Mm. And I think that I think there's going to be there's that potential for a bottleneck of returns. Yes. Isn't there? Yeah. Um, you know, if, if suddenly I mean, I think it's going to be a more gradual um, lockdown change, but. Nonetheless, we've already had people who are suddenly expected to go back to work. Yeah. And, and has that been thought through? Are people going to be abandoning dogs because the rescue says, well, actually, the kennels are shut for another week, so we can't take them back straight away? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just not sure how realistic it was to do it. I think properly prepared with the right backup in place, fine. But from what I've seen, rescues, some of the rescues who really have quite poor reputations have also been doing it. And the idea that they can all come back at a moment's notice, I think, is a little bit ridiculous. Mm. But the one, you know, I absolutely applaud the ones who've been doing it properly and the fosterers who have realistic expectations. But, yes, I have my concerns about it. Yeah, yeah. And I have to say as well, like, taking a puppy on. Now, again, if you were going to have... A puppy anyway for example one uh, one of my um, uh, facebook friends but i have met her had a puppy it was a planned puppy she'd met the puppy beforehand it was brought to her by yep. a defra approved courier or whatever they call them so it was all done it wasn't kind of um seen online and you want this puppy and just delivered it wasn't sort of a dodgy deal at all it was she'd thought it through and it was it was allegedly <laughs> no she hadn't it was all you know um arranged and so you know that's one thing but to take a puppy on from well, the- it, it, hang on, it, it's not one thing, is it? Because this, this sounds like a person who's had a puppy delivered exactly. to them. Well, by a, by a DEFRA approved, she'd gone and met I, the- don't, I don't care if it was the woman next door, a <laughs> DEFRA approved transporter or anybody else. Essentially, the person has had a puppy delivered. Well, yes, can I just that, say, she I had don't, gone... don't like that. Well, she had gone before... And I'm, I'm so sorry if she's listening, but I'm not going to name you. <laughs> but anyway, no, absolutely she's, not, no. Emma, that's not fair. And no, she's not the only one doing it. No, no. But she'd gone and seen the 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 breeder beforehand. She'd gone and um, you know seen the parents. She'd done all that. All that was in place, and it was just the actually getting the puppy to the the house that was happening. Um, mm. But the the you know it, it strikes me that if you've I mean t- taking a puppy on for, certainly if you haven't had a puppy before. I mean when I took Buddy mm. on. Oh my goodness, after about, and I, I waited, you know, I was in my 30s. And I, after about 10 days, I was like, what have I done? What have I wished on myself? And yeah, it's hard. No? It is hard. And, and like every yeah. puppy is a challenge. But what I'm thinking is certainly if you haven't had one before, to take one on with all the stress of this flame in lockdown and, and, and COVID, the last thing you actually want is the stress of a puppy as well, isn't it? 
There are indeed plenty of people out there who do their research. They go and see rescues and breeders. They meet the puppies several times. They um, have made a concerted effort to plan ahead. Who's going to look after the puppy? What if we go out? Mm. You know, do we have backup in place for, for helping us if we work? There are plenty of people out there who do absolutely the right job. Mm. There are too many people who do it on a whim, and it's not just lockdown. That's just the principle of it. Um, there are too many people who go and do it on a whim with no proper preparation. And unfortunately, the, the people who are not prepared tend to end up getting puppies from the people that shouldn't be homing them. Yes. Um, and there, there is, you know, there is an issue. The I, I was going to blog on this shortly, but mm. I am, I've, I've put something on my uh, business Facebook page, uh, My Dog Has Bitten, and I am seeing an increase in the number of bike cases I'm dealing with that involve dogs that have come in from abroad. Mm. Um there's always odd ones. Dogs are dogs. But I seem to have had a lot more in the last 12 months or so whose starting point was that, mm. who are inherently nervous and have poor social skills. And if I come across one more that the microchip hasn't been updated for, I am yeah. going to probably scream. Mm. Um, the, I've, I've just actually done, and I'm about to put it online uh, today or tomorrow, I've just done a sort of help sheet thing for people adopting from abroad the questions to ask what to do about the microchip i do not understand how many of these dogs are still have unregistered chips mm. the the if, if i was abroad sending a dog to this country the minute it hit the uk shores i'd be sending all of the details to pet log to get that registered in this country to the person who's got the dog yes. why isn't that done? why aren't the people told that they can do that straight away and if I read one more story about a dog lost at services or has run away and got out the garden 10 minutes after arriving, I, I am going to lose the plot here. Yeah. The, the preparation, whether wherever you've got the dog from, the preparation is the key. These dogs, a lot of them are not coming with the normal social skills that even puppies would have. Mm -hmm. There needs to be a concerted effort. There's there's a um, there's a, a, a leaflet I wrote for about seized dogs about when they come back, how you set things up so that their stress is reduced after they've been in kennels for for a while with the police. Um, I've suggested to people they use that as a template for how you set up things ready for your new dog coming, whether it's from abroad or otherwise. Um, love is not a cure all. Mm. It's not a question. You know, the number of times you say, oh, he just needs TLC and he'll be fine. No, it's not that simple. It's not magic. Do your preparation in terms of lockdown, in terms of getting a new dog. Do all of that in advance and you will have a happier time and ask for help if you're struggling. Yes. Um, it, it has been unprecedented times. And whilst it's lovely that these dogs have had extra attention and some of them have adapted very well, if you can already see that something's not quite right, ask for help. Um, on my Facebook page, My Dog Has Bitten, I have a post on there where I asked some weeks ago for all of the trainers and behaviourists who are offering free online assistance or email support during lockdown to um, to put themselves on there. So that there is, I do share it from time to time, but there is a post on there. There's lots of people around the country willing to give you some behaviour support for free at the moment. Take advantage of it yeah. and use it wherever you've got your dog from, Where, wh whenever you're planning on going back to work. Be patient with rescues if you're fostering, if they can't take back straight away. But ask for help. There's lots more free stuff out there at the moment to assist people in this strange times than there was before. Please use it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's that's the thing. Again, 
as we've said, life is stressful enough. And I think it is important to say that because we're all feeling horrible and worried and, you know, I've had moments of panic and crying and it's it's all, it's all new. That's nothing new for me, actually, panic and crying, but there you go, I work with you. <laughs> but um, uh, No comment, no comment, really. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it is, we're all struggling and it, it's, yeah. it's horrible. So, you know, I want to say that to people and people, other people are having trouble with their dogs. Dog behaviour has yeah. changed. Human behaviour has changed. But... Don't yeah. don't don't sit at home and be even more isolated than you need to be. No. Ask for help. Reach out. Oh, well, absolutely. You know, it's it's good to see professionals offering assistance. Mm. Um, it, it's a case of letting people know that it's out there. But the, the reason that I asked for people who are offering free help to to highlight themselves is because. We all know we're all struggling with money as well. Yes. You know, regardless of there are people still working, that's great. There are people who are furloughed who are getting a reasonable income, that's great. But the, the reality for a lot of people is they're surviving on universal credit and or nothing at all or mm. virtually nothing. And and to to an extent, if you're going to say, shall I feed, you know, me, me family um, or pay for a behaviorist we, we all know what people are going to pick and rightly so yeah so i specifically ask for people who are offering free help and that there is a lot of it out there there is a lot of it so don't yeah don't just sit there thinking oh it's just me and you know my dog's a bit stressed it, it, no it's it's a lot of people i'm getting more calls about it i am incidentally getting an awful lot more calls about dog bites as well yeah. um but it, it certainly i have to say uh, the last three weeks, I've had an increasing number of calls about uh, dog incidents. The police are still doing their job, still protecting the public, still mm-hmm. seizing dogs. So don't get complacent. It is The law is still the law. The law hasn't gone away. Mm-hmm. And if you need some help on that, then, you know, I give endless free advice to people who are struggling. If, if you're having a problem, ask for help. It, yeah. There's no shame. It's not just you. It's... Unfortunately, in these odd times, none of us were prepared for what effect it might have on our pets. Mm. And as lovely as it is for your dog to see you every day, I think some of them are getting a bit fed up with you. (laughs) You say the nicest things. (laughs) I know. Where, I mean, for more of that nice comments, where can people find you online? Where can they get access to your advice? If you are on Facebook, um, my business page is My Dog Has Bitten. You can go to my website, mydoghasbitten.uk, and you can contact me through any means on those online. Business numbers are available on there. So you can call, email, you can message me on the business Facebook. That happens a lot. Please just ask. The The advice pack covers things like barking and feeding and communication and stress and toilet training. And um, that is that can be easily sent by email if you want some general advice sheets. Brilliant. That's great. Is is there anything else that you wanted to say about sort of lockdown or coming out of lockdown or any of that? I think that I think it's come as a shock to some owners that being home all day when they're not normally wasn't as nice for their dog as they expected it to be. Um, I think the one thing is to understand is, is dogs generally like time out. They like a lie down. Um, you know, I've got a retired security Malinois laid next to me and my enormous crazy Malamute German Shepherd cross uh, have been entirely asleep on the sofa. They've been out this morning. They've had a bit of breakfast. They've been completely asleep on the sofas during this conversation without a murmur. 
Um, dogs like that time. Yes. They, you know, I, I think the idea that you've got to be constantly walking them and playing with them, a lot of people have discovered isn't quite as good. You know, it's a bit like your children having a nap. They're, we all need that recharge sometimes, including dogs, particularly as they get older. Yes. So I think I think we've all probably discovered that our dogs quite like being home alone sometimes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I mean, thank you on behalf of everybody that you, you've helped through this and um, and all the dogs because they can't actually come and say thank you in person. But, you know, I'm sure you've, you've, you've kept some tails wagging that would have been hanging down miserably otherwise. And so thank you. And then um, best of luck for the rest of lockdown and whatever happens now. Yes, thank thank you for that, Judy Hill. Um, you know, I know that Dogcast does a good job spreading the word in for lots and lots of different things. So, thank you for interviewing me. It was good to be back again, and we must do more of it. Oh, thank you. Yes, we must. It's been very good. It's been. Do you know? It some of the interviews I've done have been the best stress busters I've had during lockdown because just for that time, I've concentrated on what the person's saying, and even yeah. when we've been talking about lockdown, and you know, I've just. Yeah. It's, it's been it's felt nice and you get off the phone and you come down again you go oh crikey this is real okay yeah <laughs> but yeah. um yeah i still i still can't go to mcdonald's that's not very nice is it, <laughs> <laughs> it isn't. <laughs> well things are moving fast just now and it's only a matter of days until mcdonald's will be accessible again other fast food chains are available and in fact have been mentioned in this very episode because food has assumed extra importance during lockdown perhaps a useful insight into a dog's life we have the link on the Dogcast Radio site to Debbie's MyDogHasBeaten.uk website and a big thank you to her for the, as ever, excellent advice. That's all we have time for now. But we will be posting some listeners' lockdown experiences on our social media because there was just too much to fit into one show. Until next time, look after yourselves and your dogs. Thanks for listening to Dogcast Radio, available from www.dogcastradio.com. That's D-O-G-C-A-S-T radio.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us, and wherever you are in the world, we'd love to hear from you. You can do so in a variety of ways. You can contact us on Skype with the ident dogcastradio. That's all one word, dogcastradio. By email, you can contact me on julie at dogcastradio.com. When contacting us by email, if you have the facilities, please record your questions or comments and send them to us as an audio file. That way we can include them directly in our programme. We can accept most formats, for example, WAV, MP3. All these methods of contacting us can be found on our website, which is www.dogcastradio.com. And as ever, the final word goes to Jenny. My dog used to chase people on a bike a lot. It got so bad that I finally had to take his bike away.